Hello, I'm Michael Apple. In this explainer, I'd like to break down the findings of a very important report that was recently released looking into the violent, destructive and deadly riots that engulfed KwaZulu-Natal and parts of Gauteng in July last year. Timing is, of course, everything. Former President Jacob Zuma had just handed himself over to authorities to start serving a 15-month prison sentence for contempt of court when all hell broke loose in our country, wiping out 50 billion from our economy and killing over 350 people. This report focuses on the KwaZulu-Natal riots primarily, where roughly 80% of the looting and destruction was focused. Hearings by the South African Human Rights Commission's expert panel dealing with Gauteng are currently underway. But the KwaZulu-Natal report is likely to be the more significant of the two. I'm going to try to answer a few simple questions I'm sure we all have. What sparked the violence? Was it truly a spontaneous outpouring of rage caused by the incarceration of Zuma? Were the scenes of anarchy and destruction witnessed on our streets the culmination of infighting between different camps in the ANC? Were any rogue characters or units within the shadowy world of state security or crime intelligence loyal to the former president actively fueling the mayhem? Where on earth were the police or intelligence structures of the state? Could this have been avoided? In other words, were there warnings? Has our government learnt anything out of one of the most sordid periods in our democratic history? Can or might it happen again? Now, I thought I would have to answer these questions for you in a chronological order, but no, on the third page of the report, there's this, quote, The looting, destruction and violence have come and gone, but we found that little has changed in the conditions that led to the unrest, leaving the public worried that there might be similar eruptions of large-scale unrest in future. The question, many argue, is not if and whether more unrest and violence will occur, but when it will occur, close quote. So, that one's out the way. Off the bat, just so you're all aware, this expert panel that produced this report didn't have any powers of subpoena, so it couldn't summon anyone and it couldn't seize or demand any documentation. It relied on the goodwill and cooperation of those approached for information. So don't get this confused with a commission of inquiry, which has significantly greater powers of compulsion. So testimony before the expert panel wasn't in many cases backed up by documentary evidence. A lot of it was deemed classified and so never came before the panel. This expert panel took a look at the context in which this all unfolded and these are important points. Think of these as the ingredients for chaos it identified. Weak state institutions hollowed out by almost a decade of state capture and repurposing for individual and party political gain. High unemployment, in fact the highest youth unemployment in the world, about 75%. Mass poverty and the highest level of inequality in the world. Rampant corruption in government. An anger fermenting in the population amidst growing frustration at COVID-19 restrictions. 
The report says all of these factors are themselves a recipe for constant instability in any country. The National Intelligence Coordination Committee, quite an unfortunate acronym, NECOC, warned government prior to 2021 that it needs to address the above-mentioned issues. But, quote, It appeared not many members of the executive appreciated the meaning of the warnings raised in these reports and largely ignored them. The need to stop corruption in government and start addressing the needs of the people kept being kicked down the road like a proverbial can. Close quote. Interestingly, the panel found that the back and forth, the tit-for-tat battles between Zuma and the state capture inquiry over about an eight-month period was a major factor in the build-up to the violence and looting. Quote, The incarceration of the former president at a correctional facility in escort was the spark that ignited the orgy of violence. Close quote. The day after Zuma is jailed, the 9th of July, a number of trucks are torched on the N3 highway. That's the arterial lifeblood linking KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng. Attacks on shopping centers then followed. The report finds that there were elements of organization behind the looting, combined with normal opportunistic looting. Now, this is important. The planners wanted authorities to think it was spontaneous. The panel even coined a new phrase, organized spontaneity. The panel says that state security or crime intelligence made no intelligence products available to it. Intelligence products are just reports produced for a client, in this case the state. So state machinery wasn't playing open cards with the panel here. It says, quote, what we can conclude is that the National Security Council as a structure does not seem to have received any clear direct intelligence about the impending violence prior to it happening." Close quote. I just want to stop here for a second and refer to an extract from a book called Eight Days in July. It was written by journalists in the wake of the July riots and is based on leaked documents, intelligence briefs and reports from across the state security cluster. So documents the panel has never seen. In the conclusion of that book, it notes, quote, Our investigation pointed to an intelligence alert on 11 May, two months before it kicked off, of the upheaval that was to come. Close quote. But the authors also ask whether such a vague warning was enough to avert the crisis that unfolded. Evidently, the warning, arguably thin on detail, was ignored. As for the actions of the police, once it had all kicked off, the panel finds there is no doubt that the police had insufficient capacity to stop the violence. There are 180,000 cops in this country. Obviously not all of them are operational. And at the time the riots broke out, the Public Order Policing Unit of the SAPS numbered only 5,500, whereas the ideal operational strength required is over 12,700. The riots happened simultaneously in areas that are far from each other and took on a form of anarchy unfamiliar to even South Africa, that being the targeted looting and torching of shopping malls and warehouses. 
The failure of reliable intelligence points to the urgent need to implement the recommendations of the high-level review panel on the state security agency. Now, that's a report commissioned by President Cyril Ramaphosa that found, in a nutshell, that the SSA, the state security agency, had been compromised by factionalism, mismanagement and inefficiency. Actually, in the state capture inquiry, we heard how the SSA allegedly became a cash cow for Zuma and how he created a parallel security regime loyal to him and effective in tackling his political enemies. The July riots expert panel finds there was a failure by the intelligence structures to anticipate and respond adequately to the violence. At this point, the report makes a general recommendation to security services. Use all lawful levers available to them, in particular the need to intercept communications in a lawful manner, where the security of the state is at stake. The state security agency says it provided all the necessary threat assessments and intelligence before, during and after the crisis. The SSA says months prior to the Constitutional Court ruling sentencing Zuma to prison, it had reports, mobilization by groups in support of the former president, with quote, possible imminent violence that could arise, close quote. But as I've mentioned before, this is simply their version. It's not necessarily backed by any documentation placed in the public domain. To add further confusion to this whole situation, on 8 July 2021, the day before the riots began, the Office of the Coordinator for Intelligence received a document from State Security categorically stating, quote, that no information had been identified suggesting that supporters of former President Zuma would gather and protest in a specific area in the province after the former president handed himself over to authorities in compliance with the warrant of his arrest as issued by the Constitutional Court on 29 June 2021. Close quote. The panel doesn't know who authored or sent this report but it came out right on the eve of the violence. It's fair to say it was hogwash. The report makes the finding that, quote, the minister and the national commissioner are poles apart in their interpretation of how the events of July could have been managed, close quote. Unbelievably, there was rank being thrown around on the ground between the SAPS and the South African National Defense Force, which was ultimately then deployed on the 12th of July. The report finds that SAPS initially excluded the SANDF from intelligence briefings. A colonel in the military was excluded from briefings due to his lower rank in comparison to his police counterparts. Quote, As a result, the SANDF was not clear as to where to deploy members. Close quote. Finally, the report finds that there has been a lack of adequate technological innovation and undercapacitation of the security services that ultimately hampered their efficient operations. Quote, Much of the mobilization took place on cyber platforms and the services had not been agile and aggressive enough in their modernization to keep up with this. Close quote. I don't know how you interpret this, but 
To me, this means police, intelligence and state security agencies had no means by which to counter, infiltrate or shut down the widespread use of WhatsApp groups and Twitter, used very successfully to incite and coordinate violent attacks. These riots are the most costly in our country's history. That's according to SASRIA, the South African Special Risk Insurance Association. Some 14,000 claims were submitted, totaling 30 billion rand in claims divided between KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng on an 80-20 split. Security experts and veterans of the intelligence community testified that it was obvious that the violence had been orchestrated, deliberate and coordinated. These were not the actions of ordinary people. The ringleaders of the violence remain largely faceless. The president told the nation that they have identified 12 instigators who would be charged. But there's been a handful of individuals identified based on their inflammatory social media accounts and they've been charged with nothing more than incitement to violence, finds the report. The mastermind or masterminds would be guilty of terrorist activity from the methods used to loot and then destroy the logistics network between KZN and Gauteng, the report notes organized crime was likely involved. In essence, the panel says, cabinet must take overall responsibility for what unfolded. Intelligence structures failed completely to anticipate, prevent or disrupt the planned and orchestrated violence. The police's response failed because it wasn't driven by any intelligence and failed to adapt to the modus operandi on the ground. The soldiers who were deployed didn't know where to be deployed to make an impact, and they were not equipped to handle riot situations, but their show of force did restore calm. The internal differences within the governing party, the ANC, contributed to the unrest and should be addressed as a matter of national security now. Let that sink in as it must for the ANC. Their internal squabbles for power and position are a threat to national security. Thanks for listening.